Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 613 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. Joe and Todd here. I almost said comic book something else for some reason. Okay. You just have okay. to edit it out. No. I wouldn't have edited it out. So I have something else on my mind. Maybe if you listen after Dark this week. <laughs> right. Um, so how are you, Todd? Hello. I'm good. I'm good. And now I know what episode we're doing, so that's good. But uh yeah, I'm ready to talk comics. I'm rare I'm I'm fired up, you know. There's a lot of other ways that you could find out what the episode number is. <laughs> number one by asking. Well, you know, I don't know. No. I just got a I got an email today that said uh, episode XXX. Yes. So. It's triple it's a triple X episode, even though it's the clean show. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> no, episode 30, right? Yes, yes. We're going, we're going over to Roman numerals for the episodes. Uh, I like my numerals to stay where they are. I don't like them Roman. Oh, boy. The big dog, the head of the table? <laughs> oh, no, that's Italian precipitation. Oh, that's right. Uh, hey, well, yeah. before we get too far off the rails here, huh? <laughs> Let's get into some comic book uh, podcasting and news. Uh, we have some discrepancies over street dates on a, a big ticket item. Mm-hmm. We have San Diego and Emerald City Comic Con news, both bad. <laughs> and a movie rumor that appeals to both Todd and myself in a negative way. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, so it's the all bad news episode of Longbox <laughs> Heroes this week. Right. Uh, we have conventions this weekend. Uh, you know, maybe some hitting a little bit closer to home for some. Uh, we have what we read from this past week, which was the variance number one. We have what we're looking forward to coming out this week. We have the results of the latest voting and the next matchup <laughs> in the Silver Standard, a.k.a. Todd and Joe Go Rogue, a.k.a. the Battle for Second Place. And we'll have spoiler-filled discussion of the latest episodes of Ms. Marvel and The Boys. Yeah. I would like to say, Joe, flawless opening. Uh, listen, I'm a professional. Yep, yep. I have uh, links, and I look at them. <laughs> and sometimes when a link comes across my thing, and I'm like, oh, boy. I don't even want to mention that in the news. But then when Todd sends it to me for the news, I'm like, oh, I guess we're talking about it. All right. Yeah, well, hey, listen. Um, when you uh, send things, like when you send an email today, you're like, oh, we don't have a lot of stuff. I'm like, I hit. I have like my little news app and I save all the stories, even if they're not great. Yeah. Hoping that like, we'll get some great stuff, but like, we didn't find anything. And I'm like, I'm sending all these off to Joe and he could pick and choose what he wants. So. And I did. You did. You did a fine job. I think I did a passable job. Let's see how things go. Right. So San Diego comic-con is back in full effect in about two weeks time. If I'm looking at my calendar correctly. Right. Uh, first time San Diego Comic-Con is taking place when it's supposed to take place, as it's supposed to take place in two years, plus. Right, not uh, with the pa- San, Di- uh, San Diego Comic-Con, as you called it. Right, not the November, let's test the water sort of one, right? <laughs> now, one of the changes to this year's San Diego Comic-Con is that retailers 
are not being given free tickets, which, number one, I didn't know that retailers got free tickets to San Diego Comic-Con. I know retailers and so forth can get tickets to some other cons, but I just assumed San Diego Comic-Con was like a no-go, right? No, I, I kind of knew that because I okay. believe our retailers either had or was offered. Like, is it, like you could, I think you can decline them. You know what I mean? Decline sure. it. Sure. Uh, or you have to put in for it or whatever. But he's like, I'm not, you know, flying out to San Diego. So, but. Right. And then I guess what they've done for this year is that um, if you have a active diamond account, mm-hmm. San Diego is giving you the <clears throat> opportunity. There's that word again. To buy uh, weekend passes, two per account, uh, at about $300 each. And if you're a chain retailer, like a Midtown Comics or something like that, uh, you could get four passes in total. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, I can imagine some folks who were, you know, looking forward to conventions coming back, the big convention coming back, and being told about three weeks before the big convention... Uh, that free ticket ain't coming, pal. <clears throat> right. Which I think sucks because, like, of all the people who should get free tickets to that kind of, like, I'm not talking, like, two, not five, but if you have a diamond account and you're a retailer, you should get one free ticket because you're the type of person who put that con on the map. You know what I mean? True, uh, and I, I did mention um, Diamond Account Active good stand in good standing uh, mm-hmm. also must agree not to sell the pa- the passes with sanctions including up to banning from future cons. There you go. <laughs> so gotcha. I'll, I'll say this. Times are tough. San Diego's first time for real in two years. You want to charge the retailers for the first time in forever. I don't like it. But you should you should have given them a little bit more time to plan, right? And make that sort of decision. And I think you could have cut them a better deal. That I agree because even I'm not sure you'd have to ask when you see our retailer with the New York Comic Con. I know he he would get tickets for that, but I'm not sure. Like, let's just say either they were free if you were a Diamonds you know customer, or you would get them for twenty dollars. I can't remember what it was. And then, you know, the sliding scale of things going up. I know, like, because the the pass that a retailer get would be a pro pass, which is what you can be like a teacher, an educator who buys comics to educate, stuff like that. You can get the pro pass. And I know a couple of teachers who would get the $20 pass and the $40 pass and the $60 pass for all four days in New York Comic Con. But I wasn't sure if uh, our retailer would get them for free or he had a charge. But I was like, or be, he was charged. And I'm like, I'm fine if you like $60 for $400 worth of pass or 200 and some dollars worth of pass. But I just look, I can't, I'm going to guarantee you that that pass for four days that a retailer is going to buy for 300 and some dollars or $300 or whatever is a four day pass you know, would be $300. So there's no, there's no deal there. It's like, yeah, we'll sell you a ticket at normal price. I'm like, no, that's that's not cool. I'm sorry, I went off into the weeds, but go ahead. No, listen, I I, I think we're in agreement. Um, you know, the main thing being, I think, uh, you know, could have got a better deal, mm-hmm. and maybe given them a little bit more time to uh, pony up the ducats if need be. Right, you know, 
Right. Yeah. And that's why our, re- our retailer wouldn't give the tickets away. Uh, like, because with you said, you get banned, banned, like you give it to somebody who's going to be a goof and then they grab them for doing something. They check the ticket and like, Hey, so you work for, you know, so-and-so's comic shop. Yeah. You know, and then you're, then you don't, you get that right taken away. So. Exactly. Now, uh, conversely, uh, I think I saw here that it was just recently announced for Emerald City Comic Con that they are not having masks be mandatory at the event. Now, they are not taking place until another month and a half from now. They're like the third week of August. Um, But as of right now, uh, based on the city and state standards... Um, you know, they're not doing vaccination tests. Uh, we do strongly recommend masks, but masks are not being required. Mm-hmm. Now, I think if I'm not mistaken, um, San Diego, which uh, we just mentioned two weeks, ne- three weeks from now, is still having a mandatory mask thing, regardless of vaccination status, right? Right. And a lot of uh, the pros that are going to the show are kind of up in arms over this. And I kind of agree with them only in the event because we have, I have been seeing on social media at the very least, the Thursday and Friday of a convention coming up, I think just about a week ago, two weeks ago, we passed Heroes Con, right? Yep, yep. Everybody's going to Heroes Con. Everybody's going to have a good time. Everyone's going to catch up. Everyone's going to have a blast. And then I see the Tuesday, Wednesday posts of like, yeah, me and my whole crew got COVID. That's probably at Heroes Con, you know? Right. And I don't know what Heroes Con's um, status was, but I'm only saying Heroes Con because that's the most recent one. Big. That was a big one yeah. where I saw like that pattern just on a much bigger scale. Like I'm seeing like, oh, here's a convention and there's like five or six people. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, those five or six people are like, you know, we got COVID again, or like, we didn't get it, but like everyone we were with got it. We tested negative, so I think we're okay. We're, you know. Right. Um. So this is, you know, part of the reason why I'm still a little trepidatious about heading to, heading to conventions right now, you know. Not um, me. Right, not you. Todd's ready to go. He's got the uh, constitution and stamina of a horse. Mm-hmm. And the immune system to match. Right. Um, and the uh, tranquilizers, too. So. Sure. We're dreaming of it. Right. Um, I've, you know, I've gone maskless pretty much for like the last like two months, maybe. Like Which, at least all of June, right? I'm shocked because I know there was talk of you going like from here on out, I'm a mask man. Yeah. Um, I still have the masks with me all the time and I kind of gauge it by everyone else around, you know? Yep. I... I keep a mask in the truck. Yeah. Because if I walk into somewhere and their establishment wants me to put a mask on, I have it. I'm not, you know, going to be like throw the tantrum or whatever. I'm like, all right, well, let me go in my truck and get my mask. Unless you have one right here that I can take or whatever. You have the box of them. But I get it. But yeah, I was like, when they were like, oh, mask mandate's over. I'm like, all right, this is, this is the way we're going to be. I'm not, you know. Uh, And like I said, I, I, I thought I was going to be, and I could very easily go back to it, but. I guess I kind of get where the folks at um, the, the the comic pros going to Emerald City uh, are coming from. I guess I am too, and I look at it as you want to wear you want to wear a mask. 
you want to go and wear a mask, that's up to you. You want to go and not wear a mask because there's no law, like the mandates, fine. You don't feel comfortable and you don't want to go? Like, these are all choices you can make, <laughs> you know? So, right. You know, I'll make my personal choices. You make your personal choices. Right. Uh, so, I guess next we have uh, the issue over the Ninja Turtle Last Ronin book. Mm -hmm. So the hardcovers are coming out this week. The series did wrap up, correct? Yes, it did. Because I know it was late and they added some extra issues onto it and everything like that. And I know comic stores got them in shop last week. But because of Penguin Random House's deal with Diamond and IDW... The local retailers weren't allowed to sell them until this upcoming week because that's this bookstore date. Right. But then I know from my days of being like a magazine guy and a comic book guy way back in the day, getting my stuff off the newsstand, even though these things were supposed to be street date on Wednesdays, most magazine stores, newsstands and everything would put them out on Sundays. Yeah. Because that's when they consider the beginning of the week. Yep. And even in this article, they're talking like, you know, because originally uh, the comic shops were supposed to have a one week head start, like legitimately, like you're allowed to. And then they're like, no, we changed that because of a deal, we uh, an exclusive deal we have. So you have to move it back um, to their date. And then some retailers were like, well, these books of millions have them out already, like you said. So why should we play by the rules? If books a million and these other book places aren't, and I'm like, ah, just put them out, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and and you or I, not a retailer, not someone who's a distributor, not someone who signed some sort of weird exclusive deal, mm-hmm. but like, do you roll those dice and put it out a couple days early, and then you get one of those secret shopper gimmicks show up at your store, and then they're like, well, you broke street date on this exclusive book even though you were supposed to get a week head start and even though the retailers that you were waiting on decided to break street date anyway, there's nothing we could do to them chain bookstore, but there's certainly something we could do to you mom and pop mom and pop comic book store. Yeah. And I've been in the comic shop on a Tuesday hanging out and been there for a secret shopper. And it's funny. I mean, you don't know it's a secret shopper, but you know it's a secret shopper <laughs> because it's always some like, you know, because they had the whole pre date and our retailer would always be like, somebody would come in and they'd be like, are these comics for sale? And he'll always like, no, that's, we're getting them ready for tomorrow on street, you know, uh, on sale date street tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. And you know, the whole thing. And they're like, Oh, okay. So those aren't for sale, but I'm looking for, and they'll always like either reach in their pocket and, pull the paper out of their purse, depending on what it is, and take it out and be like, I'm looking for Batman 125, and it's always the big book of the week. And then the second book, and this was before DC was out on, was able to put on Tuesday. And the second one was always the most random independent book that nobody who was buying Batman would read. And they'll be like, it's for my husband, or my son, and I don't know what it is. And I mean, there are people who do that, but it's just funny. They're like, 
So you can't sell that to me today? No, if you come back, sir or ma'am, tomorrow, we could sell it to you. But I was really hoping to get it today. I'm sorry, because of on sale dates, we can't. Oh, okay. And then they leave. And, and as soon as they leave, everybody in the store goes, secret shopper. It's, it's always a blast to watch. Mm. So you don't risk it, because then they take that those rights away from you. Yeah. I'd love to be a secret shopper. Oh. Yeah, until you got to go to the stores you don't want to. No, listen, me rolling into, I don't even know what it would have, like, oh, I'm here to buy the new Kanye album. I could see you walking in to the Victoria's Secrets. I'm looking for the new, you know, pr- the the sale on the, the thongs and the bras. That's tomorrow, sir. All right, I'll be back. All right. I'll just, never mind. I, let's not even let's open not that go. kettle of fish. Right, right, right. exactly. Uh, last bit of news, of course, and this is about as rumor and innuendo as it gets. Um, Howard Stern on his Sirius XM radio show uh, during a commercial break when the mics were accidentally hot. Air quotes for accidentally. Right. Uh, said that he's going to be doing a Doctor Doom project with allegedly John Favreau. Mm-hmm. And that he was going to call Robert Downey Jr. and ask him about his acting techniques. <laughs> right. So this got the internet in a tizzy. And this is how something like this just becomes Howard Stern is playing Dr. Doom in the MCU. I don't think he's playing Dr. Doom. Mm-hmm. Do I think he's going to be a part could he be a part, like, be a, a DJ, like a fake DJ in a Marvel movie? Yes, 100%. And if he's doing that, somebody told him to have the mic hot and say that. Uh, like, at this point, with Disney especially, there is nothing I believe that is a leak. There's no leaks. There's no mistakes. There's no everything. I'm total conspiracy theory when it comes to Marvel uh, Disney movies. And if he, And if he does show up in it, um, at all in some Doctor Doom related project, then I'm I'm right that it was it was not a mistake. So when I saw this coming across the news wire and social media and everything else like that, I'm like, huh? Let me look into this. And as a for the all the reasons that you mentioned, Todd, mistakes don't happen, errors don't happen under the Disney Marvel regime, right? Mm-hmm. They don't let something leak out unless they want it to leak out. Um, but being a lifelong Harold Stern fan. Harold? I mean, Howard Stern. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Howard Stern fan, uh, especially in this post-COVID-19 uh, world, unless they're going to record something with Howard at his house. And edit it into the movie. There's no way that Howard's taking time off from the radio show that he only does two days a week, 30 weeks a year. Uh, There's no reason that Howard's going to leave his house in Florida, that he lies and says he's recording it live from New York. Um, This was just something to drum up uh, some sort of buzz or discussion because prior to this happening, wasn't there like rumors going around that Marvel was going to get ready to announce like 
who the villain in the next wave of the Marvel Cinematic Universe was going to be. Yep, yep. Right. So this was more than likely Jean Favreau, who is involved with these projects, who's a friend of Howard, came up with this idea, cleared it with Disney Legal to throw something like that out there. Right. So I'm I'm of the same mindset that you, but you're you're thinking that there might be a chance like Howard's gonna play like Johnny Crunch or something in the Doctor Doom movie. Uh, I, I'm not trying to like, but if he did, I'll I'll joke me aside. If he did, it'd be like you have to record something. Oh no, I don't know where I'd be able to record anything with high quality sound mm-hmm. and like not have his face, just a voice <laughs> over a radio doing stuff like you know like at you know you know like dr doom launched freedom floor pause into space yet again he's done it more than once in the comics you know like so howard could do that and longtime comic fan he would love to just sit down at his house which as you said he has a recording studio or a thing to like you know you know do the radio boom bing bang boom you're done you know blah 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 slideshow melon boom dr doom he's off yeah That's why I'm saying if he ends up being in the movie, it was, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. But if he's not, then, yeah, I believe what you said. Him and Favreau came to him and cooked that up for some free publicity. Yep. But either way, like, you know, I'm open to either one. Sure. I'm open to it being uh, fake uh, and not going to happen. Fake news? Fake Latverian news? Yes, fake Latverian news. So, uh, that's the news conventions this week. Uh, I love saying this, a biggie fan expo, Chicago in the greater, uh, Chicago, Illinois area mm-hmm. and little light on the media guest side, uh, Corey Feldman and the entire clerks three crew. Oh, we guess we can't do our thing. Right. Can't do the Navy seals bit there. <laughs> right. Uh, but on the creator side. Brian Michael Bendis, Jeff Johns, Joe Casada, Greg Capullo, Mark Silvestri, Bill Willingham, Simon Bisley, uh, Tony Harris, Kyle Higgins, among many, many others. And I really think this is a concerted effort by the Fan Expo people to jam up these shows, to jam it down someone's throat who, who has been very vocal mm-hmm. against how these shows are money losers. And it's all about the Orlando show that keeps all the other shows afloat. That's right. Jam it down his throat because his nose is busy. Hmm. <laughs> Smelling all those residuals, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like every image original guy has been at a fan expo multiple times this year, except one. <laughs> can't imagine who. I can't imagine who either. Uh, But on the smaller side, uh, in the lovely state of New Jersey, (laughs) is the Garden State Comic Fest this weekend. No media guests, unless you count uh, members of the soon-to-be-named network. No, there are media guests. Oh, I didn't see anyone of note. Um, In the media guests, let me go down the list so you know. Um, There's Steve Aggie, or Egg, or however you say it. He's a uh, dye beard from Vigilante. Oh yeah, I saw the. That's right. It, it didn't really uh, hit me too well. A bunch of the vigilante people are going to be there. Right. Uh, vigilante right. or uh, peacemaker things. Right. Freddie Stroma is going to be there, who played vigilante, and also uh, 
Newt Lee, I, I, that's how you say his name, uh, Judo Master. And then, Joe, how dare you? No stars. Tiffany's going to be there. Is this being held in a mall somewhere? No, it's actually in an ice uh, ice hockey rink. Well, she won't have to think she's alone. I'll just say that. That is true. But on the me- on the comic book guest side of things, Justin Gray, Ron Mars, Scott Collins, Louise and Walter Simonson. Uh, don't get me started that they do their alphabetical list by first name and not last name. Uh, but... Oh. All cons do that. It's maddening when they when they have the they'll actually have a chart at the edge of Artist Alley. Yeah, and everything is the first name. I know it's frustrating, but this was just much more noticeable, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're going to this convention, are you not? Yes, I am. As of right now, as we record this, you know things can change. Um, me and uh, the fancy gentleman Adam are going Saturday afternoon or Saturday at some point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'll be there. You know, boots on the ground. If you're there, come say hi. You know? That's right. A rare chance to get to see Adam uh, somewhere where Broski is not. Yeah, I don't believe he will have the purple jacket. Um, I thought that was a one-time dealy only. <laughs> but uh, who knows? He, he's going to be there wheeling and dealing for toys, Joe. If there's any toys there, he's going to get... Uh, all the, I don't think he needs any more uh, pieces for his uh, tape decks, uh, the Transformer tape decks. But, right. Uh, we'll see what else he needs. But yeah, if you're going to be at a Garden State Comic Fest this week, this Saturday specifically, uh, look for Adam and look for Todd. I won't be hard to find. I'll have the Johnny Cash bag. There you go. You'd be surprised that Todd sticks out of a crowd more than Adam does. You know what? I've heard I'm very boisterous. So. Mm-hmm. Where Adam's more low key and you know looking for stuff for his grease shelf, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, you mentioned these members of the Soon to Be Named Network. Uh, be sure to check out Soon to Be Named Network at Soon to Be Named Network.com, Soon to Be Named Network.tumblr.com. All the shows, anytime that they go live, uh, you could find them at their own individual sites, at their own individual RSS feeds, but everything is collected over at that one-stop shop for all the shows. Obviously, this show, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, uh, At Odds with Wrestling, We Need Wrestling, Final Wrestling Place, Profane Arguments, Puzzle Warriors 3, Wings on Wings, Hit My Music, Porch Talk, and since I got a chance to see Studebaker this past weekend, there is talk of bringing back uh, the Star Trek show that he and Jared from Profane Arguments were doing. The, the You're not saying the worst rated uh, pod, Star Trek podcast on Apple at one point. That's right. Prime Defective, the, lo- the lowest rated Star Trek review show in the history of Apple Podcasts, could quite possibly be coming back. It's probably for because stra- of Strange New Worlds. Yes, it probably is. Uh, they have a friend of theirs, Nick, who's not a Star Trek guy, but they're trying to get into Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be one of those things where they're going to have him watch like the heavy hitter episodes. Right. And kind of talk about those, like uh, them being longtime fans and him being someone who's never watched Star Trek before and only knows about it through, you know, osmosis like I do. Right. So, again, they were pitching it, but uh, they were also pitching a lot of other things, too. So who knows? Right. 
Pitching uh, fits. Right. Be sure to check out our friends, of course. Uh, Mike Sterling, check out his blog over at Progressive Rune. He had a fun write-up there. Uh, there's some sort of app that tracks hot comics. Yeah, our uh, our retailer and a couple of people that work there have talked about it. I want to actually find it just for fun, but uh, then it gets maddening. And uh, it was a whole thing of what really is the Floronic Man's first appearance. <laughs> There's a hot first appearance. Right. It's no it's no Spawn's first appearance, but it was cool. still pretty funny. Oh. Uh, be sure to check out uh, Kevin Hellion's Mass Library blog. Uh, check out Rick Williams' The Chop Shop. Check out Jason Sandberg's Jupiter, self-published comic book. Same with Chris Runt's Battle Monsters. Be sure to check those out as well. Check out our comic book stop, shop, Comics on the Green. If you don't have a comic book shop in your area or you don't have a good comic book shop in your area, let our shop be your shop. Uh, we have linked up to their Facebook page where he does a lot of his deals, new releases, pre-orders, announcements, stuff like that. So you could be ahead of the curve. Get those books on your pull list. Don't miss out on the latest and greatest and hottest stuff. Uh, and you can even sign up for their mail order subscription service. Get stuff mailed to you weekly, bi-weekly, monthly. And however you do, there's a chance you can get a sketch on your package from our good friend Becky. And you can go check out her social media for her commissions, her process, her prints, and uh, all the art stuff that she does. Mm-hmm. And uh, now uh, let's get into what we read from this past week. It was kind of a front-loaded show here. Yep. Um, and the thing we were both looking forward to the most was Variance, um, written by Gail Simone, art by Phil Noto. Uh, this is a Jessica Jones book, um, and it's basically her preparing for her upcoming nuptials. Um, as she's looking for makeup for said wedding. Um, and then she's, you know, her, her daily routine of what routine of what she's doing now, which is like, she's still taking on cases as a, you know, a, uh, a private investigator, but also helping people who are in need. There's this one coffee shop that's kind of like being strong armed and she ends up kind of taking care of it. It's funny how certain things, uh, you know, the person who's doing it might not be who we you know, think it is. When we hear a name, I thought that was a, a little funny bit. And uh, it goes on and she ends up, she's having like this, these like, she has this fainting spell kind of a deal, which I, I kind of figure is going to be part of this book as it goes on. Um, and she runs into Daredevil and Daredevil kind of like helps her. And he's like, okay, I need you at this court case. And she's like, I know I don't want to go. And he ends up, you know, verbally like getting her to go. Like, cause you know, he's a, He's a good talker as a lawyer. He gets her to go, and we end up finding that this person who's on trial is is because of something maybe the purple man did, and she ends up talking to this person. He's like, well, he put the whammy on you, and he put the whammy on me, and there was, like, something left over, so I'd watch out for it because he got me. He's going to get you, and she's, like, kind of thinking about it now, and she's kind of worried about it. She ends up going home, and there's someone in her apartment and or our house i'm not really sure on the top of that and i don't want to give too much away but uh that might be where we get the title variance from joe um phil noto's art absolutely gorgeous i love everything phil noto draws little little thing to anybody who's listening to this if you're ever going to a con phil noto's there doing commissions hit me up 
I will PayPal you quick. Phil Noto's art is absolutely gorgeous. And her going for the makeup and all like the, the collage that he has of all the different looks and like the colors that she has is absolutely amazing. So let's get into the technical side of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, written by Gail Simone, art by Phil Noto. Uh, Jessica Jones is a character I very much associate with Brian Michael Bendis. Mm-hmm. When she is not written by Brian Michael Bendis, it feels off. Uh, she Her book, Alias, that she debuted in, uh, had art by Michael Gatos. When Bendis decided to move that book from being a Max title to a regular Marvel Universe book, and it was called The Bugle, and it was drawn by Mark Bagley... Still written by Bendis, it didn't feel right, you know. No, oh, I get you. Um, Jessica Jones has appeared in a ton of other books. She's appeared in Daredevil. She's appeared in Defenders, which was written by Bendis. She's appeared in the Power Man and Iron Fist series. In more recent memory, she's appeared in a lot of stuff, and a lot more of those. As time has gone on, she starts to feel a little bit more part of the Marvel universe. Uh, this book was the first time that it felt like the old Alias book, yep. both in tone and look. I'm not saying that Gail Simone writes like Brian Michael Bendis, and I'm not saying that Phil Noto's art is like Michael Gatos's art. But I'm saying this is the closest that it felt to that old Marvel Max Alias book, mm-hmm. just without the swears. No, I'm with you. Yes. So then we get. So I like this a lot. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, but on its, on its face, uh, the cover of this book, the title of this book, the solicitation for this book spoils that last page punch. Right. And I think that's what hurts the, hurt the book the most for me. Um, I loved the interaction that Jessica had with the person who had the court date. Um, you know, the, the person with the court date, she gets into, um, as Todd mentioned, this just random person was previously picked up by the purple man. He had controlled her, then all of a sudden let her go and moved on to Jessica Jones. And then 10 years later, it was like, um, like a, a trigger, a key or something like that, a fail safe that he had in that woman that made her do what she's on trial for. Right. And the reason Matt Murdock brought Jessica to this person was because we are on the eve of the 10-year anniversary of Purple Man doing this to Jessica Jones. Right. I think we would have got a lot more punch if they didn't give everything away on the cover of the book. See, which cover did you get? The Phil Noto one? Not trying to be funny. I got, so I got the Scotty Young cover, because I get Scotty Young covers. Okay, see, to be fair, I don't know what's on the cover of your Scotty Young one, but on the cover of mine... It's just Jessica Jones. Well, Jessica Jones dressed as Jessica Jones. Then there's her in her jewel costume. Remember, she had that. And then it, it looks like you could say maybe it's her, but it might be Maria Hill in the back because the characters get blurrier. So it's just different iterations of Jessica Jones. Like the, the, the main A cover doesn't give anything away as far as I'm concerned. Now, unfortunately... In a book called Variants, mm-hmm. with all of them on the cover, I don't know. I feel as though it kind of does, but that's just my nitpickiness. Now, to be fair, um, I, Variants kind of like g- gave me a clue. 
but I did not read any solicitation. Once I found out Gail Simone and Phil Noto were yeah. doing a Jessica Jones book, I didn't read the, the, the solicit text. So if there's anything in the solicit text to ruin it, I don't know. But uh, I don't know. Like I said, I just didn't get that feeling from the the main cover. The first, so I did, the first line of the solicitation gives away the last page. Okay. Well, uh, but that's the, Marvel's problem. Man. That's Marvel's problem. But the Scotty Young cover is the four Jessica Jones on the cover um, asking a Scotty Youngified Scotty Young at his drafting table. Mm-hmm. And they're doing a who's on first routine of them coming to request him doing a variant on the cover of their book called Variants. Ah, okay. And I just realized that the fourth person on the cover of the one I have is Ms. Marvel. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, uh, I believe what, not, not Captain Marvel, not Ms. Marvel, not Kamala Khan, but so like all the characters that have were in the last Justin Jones book. Yeah. So, so it's a good book. Um, like I said, it just, you know, I, I think it would have been more of a punch if we didn't get the, uh, premise of the book kind of spoiled on us, you know? Right. But I'm sticking with it. I enjoyed it. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with it because... Uh, you know, Gail Simone has a solid, like she's got just from secret six and red Sonia. She gets those, you know, definitely a couple of issues. Uh, oh yeah. Without a doubt, you know? Uh, so that's what we read this week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out next week. Is that how that goes? Ah, close enough. Uh, well, again, listen, this is a seamless process here. I was going to say, uh, that was adorable, but go ahead. So we head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday around noon. We put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, however it is, you get your books. Be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out this week. Uh, Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Todd is currently in the lead over me at the halfway point of the year with five correct guesses. Uh, there is still time to catch up. Um, and I'm going to take a risk. Um, uh, we're going to play risky today with my guess. How about that? Right. You're not going to play safe. You're going to play risk. That's right. I'm going to play uh, right. Is there a game called safe? No, that's a whole Shamil with me and Adam and one of his friends, but go ahead. Hmm. I'm going to guess the book that you're most looking forward to coming out this week is not Saga 60. But I'm going to guess the book that you're most looking forward to coming out this week is Batman 125. See, if you hadn't said that, I was going to say Saga was my book because uh-huh. I didn't think you were going to believe Batman 125 was my book. We had a conversation a while ago in regards mm-hmm. to... You know, how your feelings on Saga are versus, you know, other people's. And, you know, sometimes you got to weigh what it's up against, you know. And I think you would even said, like, just as an example, if there was a week where Human Target and Saga were coming out, Human Target's going to be your pick. Yeah, And I think you may have given, like, an an example or two more. And I'm like, okay, we're going to use that Mm -hmm. information to take some chances on this. Well, you know what? You're going to get the point because I was just going to, if you had said Saga, you were going to get the win. You know what I mean? Um, because like I said, you always, uh, you're always like, yeah, I don't think it, whatever. But like Batman, I'm really, I'm really excited for Chip Zdarsky's Batman 125. But 
saga the same way. Um, the first episode issue and the second issue, I was like, okay, I'm not 100% sure. But by the time we got to the end of that arc, I was full back in on saga. If that makes any sense. Maybe it was the, the, the time off or whatever. I was like, Oh, I'm missing it. This isn't ex exactly the saga. I remember. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, this is the saga. I remember. I don't know what I was thinking, but uh, so yeah, but I'll give you the Batman 125. And I'm going to say Saga is the book you're looking forward to. Most. Yeah, even though I'm looking forward to Batman 125, Saga is Saga, unless it's not Saga. But in this case, it's Saga. Right. And I think you might be right about Human Target, um, just as much as I love Saga. Because we even had it. Human Target was the winner, I think, twice in a row against Saga because they were coming out on the same day. Right. And I was like, yeah, even though Saga is probably the best book in the last 20, in the last you know, 10 years or whatever, just the nostalgia for good justice league international is going to win every time. Right. So we'll be talking about those two books, uh, next week. Uh, while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out, um, the standings and how everything's coming along with the silver standard, AKA Todd and Joe go rogue. AKA the battle for second place. We all know that the flash has the best rogues gallery in all of comics. Uh, but who has the second best? Is it Batman or Spider-Man? I think it's Spider-Man. Todd thinks it's Batman. So we're doing a year long, uh, bracketology voted on by you, the fans, uh, to see who has the, uh, bottom of the bottom. And you know, you're only as good as your worst person, right? Strong as your weakest link. Strong as your weakest link. And uh, we're going to see who wins that tournament. Of course, uh, if it's a Batman person or if it's a Spider-Man person, then they will officially be the second best uh, rogues gallery in all of uh, comics. You don't know how much I want this, Joe. All right. Well, listen, I will say you put up an impassioned plea last week, and it shows because the uh, Mr. Camera flattened the ringer. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, I thought the ringer might've had a chance. Uh, alas, he did not. He is ejected from the tournament, sadly. Um, and again, one of your stronger guys, of course, gets to move on. And that's, you know, only what makes sense. You know, we've only had like an upset or two in right, that right. end of things, you know? Right. M Mr. Cameron was high on my list of people. So, Right. I think, uh, let me see where you had him in the overall rankings. Cause I could, you know, when we put our list together, we kind of ranked like our like top like 10 or whatever it was just so we had an idea. And when uh, the great Grinch McScrooge put the bracketing stuff together, uh, so I think the top seven got a buy. Right. And, I know he's uh, in the top seven. He definitely num wasn't number one. I know who number one is. Because right. Mr. Cameron was number three. That's a good place for him. Yeah. Mr. Cameron was number three. And I would say that's a good place for him, too. Uh, so this week's matchup is moving on from last round for Todd, Batman villain Captain Stingeree. <laughs> not the Stinger, the Stingeree. No, not Kabuki Crow himself. Not the new Jack of 2020. Yep. Everything okay over there? Yep. Something fell down in the in the in the room. But go ahead. Uh, taking on. Um. One of my picks, one of my uh, folks from the uh, who got a buy into the first round. And Todd, I'm going to ask you, 
if you had to pick one of your one of I know you've got at least 20 favorite things from the Spider Clone saga. Oh, okay. But if you had to pick one of your favorite things from the Spider Clone saga, my money would be that your favorite thing about the Spider Clone saga was the needless red herrings. Oh, if if not that, then the fact that, you know, the Jackal was just the Joker. Right. Um, that was also uh, good as well. But uh, one of the people that had his debut in the uh, Spider-Clone saga is my pick. And we have the, the premise of the Spider-Clone saga is, is Ben Riley the real Peter Parker? Is Peter Parker the real Peter Parker? We're getting some information back and forth. Could go one way or the other. Then the Jackal decides to throw in a third Peter Parker. Oh my goodness. Is this really the real Peter Parker? No. This is just a souped up clone uh, who is another failed experiment. Not unlike Kane. Not unlike Ben Riley would later become. Um, but this is the Spider-Man villain tastefully called... Spider side. Yes, because he sticks to the side of buildings. Yes, that's like spider. Why. Right. Wouldn't Spider-Man then be called Spider? It would be Spider sticks to the side. <laughs> right. Is what they... What, listen, if you're going to go back in time and feed that joke to Tom DeFalco. <laughs> um, but this character is essentially a mindless automaton who like has a change of heart and then is killed by the Jackal. But because he's a clone, he just comes back as a plot point whenever any sort of clone nonsense needs to come up. Um, ben and Peter lovingly call him Freak Face. Mm. But he's just like, hey, do you like Spider-Man? What if he was evil and big? Right. Let me know when you're done. I'm done. I'm going to say, listen. Mr. Camera, like, Captain Stingery, the guys that I have, you know, you know what? There are no stories with them on the shelf right now, but you know who does have a story on the shelf right now, Mr. Sposto? Uh, who would that be? Your precious Spider Side. JM was just pushing his miniseries with Spider Side this week, and I'm like, good timing. Good timing, Joe. If Jam Maddies thinks that he's a good enough villain to write again today, then he's definitely not as lame as a terrible pirate-themed villain that Batman had. That if I went into how he had three twin brothers that he thought was the actual Batman is really, really bad. I did all that when I discussed it. Not as, you know, they are writing that today, but Spider-Side, he, he just had a new issue. Well, I'll say this, that's out of continuity. Those are like, you know, just redos of stories. It's these, them trying to just, I guess, milk off the success of the Clone Saga. I don't know. And Jam DeMattis is a fantastic artist, or a writer. He could take a piece of trash like Spider-Side and in 2022 could make something special out of him. Right. I would like to see Jam DeMatties go and pitch that on some other podcast and see how that goes over. <laughs> but I don't see a lot of people having the chutzpah, as it were, that Jam DeMatties has. It takes a special kind of writer. And I hear that uh, Jam DeMatties has a Captain Stingery uh, Mr. Camera team up planned. 
That's all I'm saying. Let's I heard just, things. If, if, if Jammed Maddie's has a Captain Stingeree and a Mr. Camera team up before the end of this year, I will concede this tournament. Are you I sending an email right now, aren't you? <laughs> Dear J.M. DeMatties, stop. <laughs> I hope this email finds you well. So the poll will be going up tomorrow. Vote, vote, vote. Captain Stingery or Spider Side, which villain is Lammer. Mm-hmm. And just as a tease, I think next week is uh, a Batman heads up. Right, which it's a double bat, I believe, which makes me sad every time because I'm eliminating one of the truly things that will destroy you. So That's right. Just makes the uh, the herd that much thinner for when uh, Spider-Man villains take over is all, you know? Sure, sure, sure. Right. Uh, so while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out uh, all the past episodes of this show, all the past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark. Uh, go check out our store where you can get shirts and pins and stickers with our fancy logo on them. Uh, you could even head over to our T Public store, tinyurl.com slash longboxheroes, and get more designs inspired by this show, After Dark. Add-ons with wrestling, final wrestling plays, hit by music, on everything from cell phone covers to notebooks to everything in between. You could also help us out by making, uh, or um, by signing up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash longboxheroes. Uh, as little as a dollar a month, you're going to get two bonus shows from Todd and myself. One is the films of independent filmmaker Mark Pirro. We're fresh off. Uh, last month's offering of Color Blinded. Mm -hmm. And I think this month's offering at the end of the month is Rectuma. <laughs> hmm. It's not a Rectuma. Yes, it, well, who knows what it's going to be. Uh, but also we have Previewing the Past, where we look at 30 years ago this month's uh, previews catalog. We're getting ready to record July 1992 this weekend. Uh, the $5 and up folks get those early along with um, Longbox Heroes After Dark early so they can listen to those these shows weekly in the correct listening order. And at any level, you get all those scans of all those preview catalogs, uh, all of 90, all of nine or most of 90, all of 91, all of 92 up to date are currently there. Whether you're following along with us as you're listening to the show or you just want to go and page back through those catalogs to see what the world of comics look like. In 1990, 1991, 1992. That in and of itself, I think, is worth our Patreon. Yep. Uh, and last but not least, of course, you could help us out by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon click-through. the banner at the top of the page at Longbox Heroes. Uh, link is included uh, in the show notes to every single one of these episodes. Uh, we are about a week away from Prime Day, and I think Prime Day is actually like three days these days. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but hey, if you're going to take advantage of Prime Day coming up here in the near future, be sure to click on our banner first. Uh, does not cost you anything extra. They, Amazon, uh, call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the money. Yeah. Uh, I do want to thank uh, either. Uh, I do want to thank folks who have turned their comic book purchasing over to the Amazon link because we had a ton of comics purchased this week. Uh, lethal Protect Venom Lethal Protector 3, 
Mech Strike Monster Hunters number one, Aquaman number five, Batman Fortress number two, Task Force Z number nine, and Mindset number one. All comic books, all new releases, all purchased through our Amazon affiliate link. Mm -hmm. Uh, Somebody purchased the Kindle version of the Dark Tower book one, The Gunslinger. Right. Uh, Somebody also purchased from Gifts Infinity... Uh, the blank communism lighter as seen in the Preacher comic books. Right. Great uh, thing. Right. I think you have that, don't you? I did. And I actually gave, we actually gave one to Steve Dillon back at a New York. Well, not the big uh, Javits one, but the big, it's the big Apple now. We ended up giving him an engraved lighter like that. And he had it. And actually one of my sketches like years later, I got another one. He was like, cheers. Thanks for the, he remembered. He's like, thanks for the lighter. I oh, miss, that's super cool. I miss Steve Dillon. Uh, and last but not least, somebody purchased the Criterion Collection on blue, Blu-ray of the complete Lady Snowblood saga. I have no idea what that is. Oh, uh, it's kind of a 70s kung fu martial arts violent thriller is it like that uh kung fu prison movie you made me watch no these are actually like they're not as bloody and much more tasteful oh so good i got you how dare you (laughs) i saw i saw a story of ricky was trending uh with that hashtag best punch ever on cinema thing all right and it wasn't it wasn't the best punch ever it is no Uh, So that's the notable purchases to the Amazon click through this past week. Uh, So thank you to anyone who's made a purchase, whether it be this week, this month, this year, or this whenever. Uh, Like I said, we do thank you very much. And Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? Nope. All right. Uh, So let's get into TV talk uh, from this past week. And we're going to start with the oldest of the two shows that we watched from this past week. Which would be Miss Marvel. Yes. And I think as we record this, uh, we have two episodes left. Um, We're always a week behind on these things. Uh, Miss Marvel comes out on a Wednesday. The Boys comes out on a Friday. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I am enjoying Miss Marvel, but it's a much lighter show than everything else. Yes. Uh, It's a smaller cast. We're not, it's not as heavily steeped. Like the first episode was your establishing episode to get over that she's a fangirl of the Marvel superheroes. Mm-hmm. But now we're getting more into the family stuff. Right, uh, into the Miss Marvel stuff, yeah. Right, her family, the Miss Marvel stuff, the, the connection, how her powers work and that sort of thing. Uh, her and her mother end up going to Karachi and they end up meeting up with the grandmother and her cousins and we get a lot of fish out of water stuff with Kamala, how she doesn't like the food as it tastes over there. Everything's too spicy for her. They can't eat inside of the country club cause she's wearing jeans. So they take her out shopping and because she's an American tourist, all the shopkeep people are trying to rip her off and take advantage of her. Um, however, as she's going around, she comes upon, uh, someone who is part of the Red Daggers, which Mm -hmm. is a group of people that are on the good side of trying to figure out, uh, you know, to, to stop the clandestine folks, right? Yeah. 
clandestine folks break out of jail. They leave the son behind because he attempted to stop them from taking right. down Kamala an episode or two ago. Yep, the decisions that he made, yeah. Right. So they now come to Karachi. We get a big battle. And the guy who is the head of the Red Daggers makes the decision to sacrifice his own life to save that of Kamala. And in a perfect moment, very easy storytelling. Sometimes the easiest stories are the best stories that, like, he's kind of put over in this episode in a very short amount of time of how important he is to the cause and stopping the clandestine from getting the bracelet so that their world doesn't overwrite our world. And to put over how uh, important Kamala is, he gives up his own life. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's a huge deal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he does take out one of the class clandestines before he does it. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, then we get the bit where Kamala is fighting with the lead of the clandestine people. They hit her uh, bracelet, and that teleports her through finally to the train uh, to the moment where her grandmother got separated from her father and followed the stars to get back to her. So we're going to see the origin of how these powers kind of came about. Right. But I'm wondering, too, not trying to be funny, because I don't know if it's actual time travel or she's having another one of her visions. You know what I mean? So like, it's tough to say because she's definitely being, like, put into that moment. She's living the moment, right? Right. Right. Um, so it's just very interesting to me to see how this is all going to come to pass, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, just like two things on this episode. One of them was, I thought it was neat to see, uh, Kamala's mother and grandmother, like how their relationship works because like how Kamala's and her mother doesn't really like match. Like they, they, they butt heads and blah, 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 blah. And Kamala and her grandmother have a great relationship. The mother and the grandmother do not. And I'm like, I thought that was really cool to see. Like, I don't know if it's um, like part of, you know, like, the, what do I want? What word do I want to use for like, like the, the people in Pakistan? Like, if this is something like that's with with that or it's just this is part of the story. But the whole thing that it like transverses a generation in this family, at least, if, if I'm making any sense, um, I really like that. And if it's a part of their culture is what I'm saying, like that the the, the mother and the father, the mothers and, and daughters fight or whatever. But uh, that being said, I thought the first half of this episode was just really slow because it seemed like a tourist commercial for Karachi. Yes. I, I was like, OK, like here it is. Like we're going to see all the sites we're going to eat, eat here. And like we get bits of story along the way. But I was like, I would either had more like story or a tighter episode. It was just, I was like, for the first, like, half of it, I was like, okay, let's just get to the fights. Like, I've seen enough, you know? But I get you. That's it. Otherwise, I like the episode. And I like the fact that we're seeing Ms. Marvel's costume get slowly put together by the stuff she's getting in Karachi. Yes. That's really cool. Um, now, the question I have, are we going to get a cameo from anyone else from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, specifically... Uh, Brie Larson as Captain Marvel at the end of this. Uh, I whatever you want to bet, we're getting Brie Larson. Okay, I because, figured as much. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be like a full on appearance, if it's going to be a post credit thing or something. But some, yeah, we're going to get something. 
I don't know what will count, like you would say would count, but um, there's no way, like they don't set up all this for her to be her, like her biggest fan. And then we have a, you know, a Marvel's movie coming out in the next like two movies or whatever. No. Yeah. Something's happening. Where is that on the schedule? Let me look. Cause did they move that up or no? I don't remember with all, excuse me, with all the uh, movement of the. Uh... Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'll say close enough. Uh, you know, we got Thor 4 coming out this week. Uh, we got Black Panther in November. And then we have Ant-Man and Wasp in February. And then uh, Captain Marvel 2 technically is next July, as it currently stands. Right. So yeah, you're off. You could, you could set the seed now. Yeah. I, I still think a lot of this... And what we saw in, like, uh, Doctor Strange 2 is setting up a Young Avengers show on Disney+. Plus. Oh, there's uh, no doubt in my mind, like, I would say a, a, a TV show, maybe. Yeah. I would not be surprised if it's a movie, but I'm with you. Like, you have all the characters pretty much ready to go. Yep. And if it's okay with you, sir, I'm going to let you take point this week on the boys. I got a lot of notes, but I feel as though I missed a lot last week. Okay. Um, let me just open up my thing. All right. Uh, so uh, I'm just going to do it by a couple of the short, like, uh, you know, character stories. Because, like, one that, of them. Right. That's how we did it last week. And, like, I still, I'm like, oh, I forgot this. And I forgot that as I was going, like, back and re-editing the show and stuff, you know? No problem. But the one, like, the one sh quick one is A-Train. You know what I mean? Like, I can get that because he has, like, a two-minute scene it's over. Um, he ends up waking up after, you know, Herogasm and he's in the hospital bed with uh, Ashley. Ashley. And he's like, oh, like, you made it. And he's like, oh, like, you valiantly, like, saved, you tried to save, uh, uh, what was his name? Blue, Blue Hawk. Um, you know, who you had a, a gripe with, but still during the attack at, at the party, uh, you managed to save him, uh, but he passed away sadly. And we ended up giving him your heart. And the whole thing is just horrible because like you, like a train is sitting there and before they get to the hard thing, she's like, and now you're going to like have your rehab. And we're going to put you back in the seven and you're ready to go and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I'm all for this. I'm all for the lie and the cover up for this thing. Then he finds out he's got the racist heart. And I'm like, oh, this is so bad. This is so terrible. Um, anything you want to add there, Joe? Yeah. So there was a movie from the 70s uh, called The Thing with Two Heads. Are you aware of this movie, Todd? Oh, that was uh, Leslie Nielsen. No. No. Who was? Oh, no. It was one of the guys from the. But go ahead. I know who it is. It was Ray Milland and Rosie Greer. Rosie Greer. Yes, I remember Rosie Greer. Uh, so the trailer, like, first of all, this movie's a piece of garbage, right? Mm -hmm. But it's a lovely piece of garbage. Right. It's, it's such a delightful piece of early 70s camp. And uh, the, the trailer starts off with, uh, to, to save this soul brother's life, he needs his head transplanted on the old racist man's head, you know, body. And it's just like, well, that's essentially the premise for like whatever's going to happen next with A-Train, you know? It's mm -hmm. the thing with two heads. Right. I remember just, that. Like, whenever you get someone's bad piece 
put inside you or like we've seen in like Twilight Zones or similar shows where the pianist gets his hands injured and then they do an experimental hand transplant and it's always the hands of a killer. Right. And he becomes a killer. Does that mean A-Trace become a racist? I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Right, right. So uh, I think I'll go to Black Noir next. Uh, hmm. I was going to say, because the Deeps thing is pretty quick, too. Um, oh, yeah. Um, you're right. I'm sorry. Uh, the Deep uh, decides with his wife that he's going to, you know, he's going to, you know, they're getting ready for their big thing on the, the another news show, Hannity, I believe it is. And he's like, okay. And he's like, I got to cover. We don't need, let's, let's have some private time. But he wants a threesome, but this threesome would have... Uh, 12 arms? <laughs> um, he wants to bring, I forget the name of the octopus in. And it was a mollusk, it, thank you very much. Mollusk, yes. Um, and the wife wants nothing to do with it after a while, and she ends up saying, like, you're on your own now, and see how well you do without you feeding me, without me feeding you the bits of information that are going to make you look smart. And so I believe the deep's in deep trouble now, Joe. <laughs> You think so? Yeah, I don't think it's going to go well from the deep from here on out. He was loosely hanging by on a thread in the first place. <laughs> yes. Yes, he was. Um, so Black Noir okay next? Then? Yes. So Black Noir, who had, had run, had run um, from, you know, uh, Homelander because he found out that uh, he found out that Soldier Boy was back. And he goes to hide in, I, you might have the name written down, but it's Chuck E. Cheese. It's the boy's version of Chuck E. Cheese. It's Buster Beaver. Right. And he's in there, and all of a sudden he starts seeing all these animated versions of the character, and they're talking to him, and they're talking about how, like, don't be afraid. Like, you block some things out. But we're here for you. We were here for you when you were young with all these tragic times. Like, you know, the worst part of a young boy's school life. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he ends up, and they end up telling the story of, like, how he betrayed uh, Soldier Boy. But in cartoon format with the characters, the Buster uh, characters playing all the the payback members. And just when I thought this show could not get any, like, weirder in a good way, this whole scene had my, like, because I didn't expect any of this, I expected a lot of the other stuff going on. This had my jaw on the floor because I never saw any of this coming, John. Well, so what, what it initially was that Soldier Boy prevented Black Noir from getting the Eddie Murphy part in Beverly Hills Cop. Right, right. Um, and then it was it was just more so Soldier Boy was uh, jealous because he's the one who's the celebrity. He's the one that had the <clears throat> big singing career. Oh, that video. <laughs> oh, my God. Once again, like as much as I love Homelander, Jason Ackles or whatever his name is as Soldier Boy, when he does singing, it's so horrible in the right way. Which I was. Which was I would argue and say that it's pr it probably takes as much talent to sing well as it does to sing poorly in an entertaining way. Mm -hmm. like, and well, he does quite entertainingly. Right. Uh, so right. So we get the animated thing of a uh, Black Noir confronting 
uh, Soldier Boy about losing the part in Beverly Hills Cop, and Soldier Boy throws a beating on him. Says he'll then, kill him if he ever tries it again. Right, and then this is when Black Noir gets taken out of the group and get put down in Nicaragua, but then the rest of the crew shows up in Nicaragua, which we saw a couple episodes ago in a flashback. And this is where we kind of see what really happens with the animated thing as opposed to the live action stuff. And it's so crazy as gory and as graphic and as over the top as this show could be when they depict the beaten that Soldier Boy gives Black Noir in Nicaragua. I was disgusted. Yes, yes. And in that, uh, before the beaten, Edgar comes to Black Noir and says, like, gives him the deal. He's like, we're going to take him out. We'll push you. And we have we have somebody to replace uh, this 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 person. Like, so we don't like Soldier Boy anymore, which is totally just setting up that this is Homelander. You know what I mean? Like, we have his replacement all ready to go as a kid, and I thought that was really cool. But, yes, the fight where, like, he's picking up the bit of his brain off the ground, animated brain off the ground, I was like, this is horrible, and sticks his head on the the, the fire on the hood of the Jeep. Oh, my God. It was was definitely something else. And Mm. uh, so this is when the rest of the team turn on Soldier Boy so that they can take him and ship him off to Russia so the Russians can do whatever experiments on them that they're going to do. But, like, this through the animated sequence is, you know, where we get to see how things really happen of them getting rid of Soldier Boy. Why Soldier Boy is trying to hunt them all down and kill them. hmm So then I'm going to do Kamiko, Frenchie, and Starlight. Okay. Um, and uh, M.M. to a little bit. M.M. finds out that his daughter's being going with the evilly named Todd uh, <laughs> to like Homelander, uh, Homelander, uh, you know, uh, what would you call them? I can't think of the just like press stuff to see he's supporting politicians and he's up there talking. And MM's like, don't take my daughter. Like those are a dangerous place. He's hunting for, you know, starlight and people are coming. Soldier boys coming for him. And like, well, we get the bit at the rally where he's supposed to be talking up the new president. And then he just cuts a 20 minute promo bearing starlight. Mm-hmm. And then he thinks he sees Homelander or Homelander thinks he sees soldier boy in the crowd. And he immediately like fires up the, the heat vision. I'm like, Oh, he's just going to kill an innocent dude. Right. And I didn't like, think they were going to be able to react back because... a little bit. But uh, M.M.'s correct. Those are dangerous things to be at. Yep. And then, because that was the scene where he fires up the eyes, Todd and M.M.'s daughter are right there. And I'm like, ooh, what if he clips? You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, so he kind of does that. And then uh, Kamiko is back, like Starlight and M.M. and Frenchie. They finally start figuring out where they went wrong with the gas on Soldier Boy. They're like, all right, it's not what we thought. It's this uh, through that cool thing where somebody just happens to see something. It solves the mystery, which is sometimes my favorite thing in movies and TV and sometimes my least favorite things in <laughs> movies and TV. So, like, they figure it out. And then right after a high and doped up mm-hmm. and whatever Frenchie is watching hours and hours of footage 
of the Russians experimenting on Soldier Boy, he figures out that it's not a knockout gas, but it's a nerve gas. Right, and it's a vapor. The ga- it's not a gas that you're seeing. It's a it's a delivery system. And because he saw a hot cup of coffee, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Let's let's move along from there. Uh-huh. But but uh, so Starlight and Kamiko are having this like like talk because uh, she wants Starlight, and it's a heart to heart. It's cool because Kamiko has her first drink. I really like the scene. And Kamiko's like, I want you to go get me compound V. And she's like, why? She's like, and she ends up giving her phone with this written out thing. And you don't know what it is until uh, she comes back with it. And he's talking to Frenchie and he gives it to Frenchie. And she basically says like, it, you know, I, I was running from this, but I thought, you know, I, I didn't want it anymore, but I only didn't want it because it wasn't my choice. And now it's my choice. And, uh, you know, I want to do it. And Frenchie gives in and he's like, okay. And she ends up taking it and she ends up getting healed, like all the, the stuff on her. And I thought that was pretty cool. Kamiko making her own choices. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but uh, so now with Homelander, Homelander was at that rally, like you said, and then the uh, head popper shows up after he has a bit, little bit of a meltdown and she ends up uh, going in as he's having his cool, refreshing drink of milk, Joe, <sighs> fresh from the tap. It so, was good to see milk come back. So, uh, you know, we were talking before we started recording. Uh, I do a very good job of avoiding spoilers on things. Sometimes one or two things will slip through. Uh, but as I was watching the episode of The Boys and this scene came up, and they're playing Crimson and Clover, and he walks into the 4-H thing, and there's the cow there. I immediately search on social media, Homelander cow milking scene, (laughs) in the hopes that there would be no results. And Todd, there was lots of results. What? So I actually forget, what was the head popper and uh, Homelander's discussion about? Because she ends up saying... Just like she did to Starlight, she's like, okay, like, obviously her her gambit to get Starlight on her side failed, so, okay, now I'm going to try to get Homelander on my side, and she tells him something. She gives him a piece of paper. She gives him an address we see later, right? Mm -hmm. And Homelander recognizes that address. Okay. And that comes into the end of the episode. Right. Because so, I don't think when Homelander sees the address and recognizes the address, I don't think he immediately believes her. Right. So um, that kind of plays out. And then you have, because uh, I'm going to come back to Starlight in the in the, the Vought Tower, because she sneaks back in to get the, the, uh, the compound V. Well, I'll go there now. And she ends up finding, she goes in, she runs into Homelander, which is a great thing. And Homelander's like, I can't believe you showed up here. Uh, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I'm, I'm going to wreck you. And she ends up getting him to talk and she ended up having her phone on in her pocket, which is another thing that I love. And he ends up, uh, you know, giving up the ghost, but she ends up saying like, you told all my followers cause she had her Instagram on or whatever. And I like the way he plays it off. He's like, ha ha ha. You're not supposed to be recording while we're running lines. And I like the fact that he says we're running lines, even though he just did a a promo he cut a promo on her about how she's a terrible person but now it's oh we're working together again but then i guess you could say that was taken in the past if that makes any sense you know what i mean right so i was like that was really cool but she finds 
that V24, which is the, the stuff that Huey and Butcher have taken, if you take it three to five times, it will kill you. Um, so I don't think that's going to end well. You know what I mean? But Well, uh, you know, we-, we get the part where uh, Huey and Butcher and Soldier Boy are going after Mindstorm is the guy's name. Mm-hmm. And Huey just casually looks over at Butcher and is like, oh, part of your brain is leaking out. Yep. Um, and, you know, we get past this. Well, so uh, Starlight gets this information about the the V24, the temporary compound V stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when she's in Vought Tower getting this stuff, and I'm like, they must be letting her do this. Because, like, she's out there on her social media, bearing Vought, bearing the company, and they are doing their best to discredit her, where people like Todd, M.M.'s wife's new guy, amongst many others, think that Starlight is evil, that she has uh, an adoption ring, where she's harvesting babies, a lot of things pulled from QAnon-type stuff from today's... Whatever, so it's really painting, attempting to paint Starlight as a bad person because everything that she's doing just isn't connecting. And I think Mm -hmm. we're told that we're like five days since she did the video uh, at whatever happened at Herogasm. I think it's either three or five days, right? Mm -hmm. And she's still putting out videos. She's still trying to take down Vought, but the Vought machine with Ashley in charge is still so strong that they're able to keep Starlight's message message down and really connecting. But obviously Todd just mentioned the bit where she gets Homelander on live Instagram saying all of his horrible things and whether or not the folks are going to believe that he was just running lines. Like, what is she going to have to put on her Instagram to get people to actually buy it, you know? Nothing. There's nothing that'll work if, you know, we've ever seen anything. But, uh... Yeah, and then also we find out that Maeve is actually okay. Right. Um, they're holding her because uh, uh, Homelander always wanted a family, and he thought that she'd be the one. And I like where she's like, oh, like, do you have makeup on? Are you bruised? Oh, you're scared. This is the greatest day of my life. Yeah, was, if you, well, she says this is one of the top three days of her life. Right. And if you if you come near me, about kids, I will kill you. And she's like, or I'll break off any, you know. And he's like, no, no. He's like, I would never do that to you. I respect you too much. And it's just so creepy, this whole scene. Well, um, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm done, go ahead. I was going to say, no, no, I would never do that to you. I have too much respect for you. After yes. we kill you, I'm going to harvest your eggs. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, well, oh, oh, man, you're such a jerk, Joe. What a monster. Right. So now we come to the meat and the potatoes of this thing is soldier boy, the whole butcher soldier boy, Huey storyline where at least butchers figured out that he has postpartum stress syndrome. Uh, right, Joe? Because he saw soldier boy freak out from the music at uh he- hero gasm. Yes. And he's like, so that's why he's been giving him weed like out the wazoo um to do this while they're at the legends house which is fantastic um once again paul riser fantastic i'm glad the resurgence of paul riser is upon us um he's great they're at his house figuring out their next move they figure out where uh the person they're looking for next which is mindstorm and they go and when huey finds out that they're 
you know, he's that he's drugging him so he can calm down. He's like, oh my God, people on the on drugs using this stuff is a crutch, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, want to shoot up kind of a deal. I'm like, oh, you guys are crazy. And they go in and Soldier Boy says, don't let uh, Mindstorm look you in the eye. And Joe, guess what happens? Uh, he ends up looking Butcher in the eye. And we find out from uh, Soldier Boy that his MO is to put you into your worst nightmare until you die of dehydration. And the worst uh, nightmare is Butcher uh, reliving his life with his little brother who took his own life because of both what his father did and what Butcher kind of left him alone to be. And it's all the whole, like, it's poetry because it rhymes. Butcher's rallying against everything that his father was, but he became everything that his father was. And that, like, Butcher's always been a jerk, and I got it. And I never had any sympathy for him. But this kind of, like, made me have some compassion for him for, like, a hot minute. And I'll get to that later. But I felt genuinely bad for Butcher. Right. So while Butcher is inside reliving his worst memory, mm-hmm. um, Huey and Soldier Boy are in Mindstorm's house. And Mindstorm's got trip wires. He's got, like, wind chimes. He's got everything as, like, a, low t- a lo-fi early warning system. Mm-hmm. Huey uses his super speed gets Mindstorm out of there because Soldier Boy says, there's nothing we could do for Butcher. He wouldn't do this for you. Leave him be. We're going to go take down Mindstorm, and then I'm going to help you take down Homelander. But Huey never listens to anyone, grabs Mindstorm and says, he's going to kill you. I'm going to protect you as long as you save this guy here, Butcher. And Mm -hmm. Mindstorm does. Mindstorm brings him out. And that this is the part where I'm with you, I agree. Butcher shows like a little bit of remorse. We get this great moment where Huey sacrifices the mission, goes against the plan to save Butcher. And of course, Butcher is definitely going to learn his lesson. Yep. Totally. But one thing that I would like, well, Soldier Boy and Huey are on their way. They run into the nun and the priest. Yes. And there's the great bit where Soldier Boy just pops the priest. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, they're... They're under mind control. It's so, you know, Mindstorm's got them. And he's like, no, I swear. And then I'm like, all right, this is where the nun stabs or attacks Huey because he won't listen. And it happens. I was like, it was the most obvious thing, but I legitimately love that scene. You know what I mean? Um, I feel for Huey sometimes as someone who regularly deals with people who don't listen. I, you know, I can completely uh, relate to him, you know? Right. And also I know how you are with naive people. Yes. And especially your co-host here. You've said mm. that once or twice to me. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so he ends up, you know, ha- making Mindstorm save Butcher. And he wakes up. He's like, all right, deal's a deal. I'll get you out of here. But they don't get out because uh, Soldier Boy knows exactly what Huey was up to. So he goes back to where they were and he ends up beating the crap out of Mindstorm. And while uh, Huey's talking with uh, uh, Butcher... Out of, out of earshot of them, they end up having a, a Mindstorm and Soldier Boy have a conversation. like, why'd you do it? He goes, it wasn't me. It was Black Noir, um, blah, blah, blah. And this was the reason. And we end up, you know, not hearing the reason, but he ends up killing Mindstorm. And then he goes off with Huey and Butcher again. Um, now, which of the two big reveals do you want to do first? The Butcher maybe not having my sympathy or the other one? Well, I do just want to say, uh, Soldier Boy, quick goat thinking, 
uh, he, he mentions, excuse me, uh, he mentions don't let Mindstorm look in your eyes. And from a distance, how do you get someone not to look in your eye? Throw a dagger through their eyes so they can no longer see. Right. Well, he did one and then he put the T-shirt around his head for the other. Right. Which I thought was cool. Uh, so, so let's go with the Compound V uh, reveal. Right. So basically, uh, uh, Starlight calls Annie. I'm sorry. I keep calling her Starlight. She's using her shoot name now. Brother, um, brother. Right. She ends up calling. She ends up getting in touch with uh, Butcher and says, like, listen, you know, the blah, blah, blah. They have their conversation. And in the end, she just basically cuts to it like, hey, three to five times. How many times have you taken? He's like a couple. It's like three to five times and you die. Like, I found the the thing. And he's like, oh, my God. Okay. And he ends up like he had that heart to heart with Huey. And Huey walks in. He's like, well, what happened? And he ends up telling him, like, uh, you think he's going to tell him. Like, there was a part of me that wanted him to tell him about the Compound V, but I'm like, I know he's not going to. I've watched this show. I know how it goes. And he ends up, like, running the thing, like, oh, we're going to have our plan to do Homeland or whatever. And he doesn't tell him, and I'm like, you lost all the goodwill I had for you, Butcher. All of it. This whole episode made me care about you. And then in a one fell swoop, I'm like, I'm back to hating you, Butcher. Yep, just so easily and so willingly just to... To sacrifice Huey for the mission, where mm-hmm. Huey would absolutely like sacrifice himself for Homelander. Yep, yep. Uh, <sighs> but so now, in the end of all ends, which I did this this was the biggest one I did not see coming because I don't know anything about Homelander. Blah blah blah. Um, we end up he gets a Homelander gets a phone call and they say it's from Soldier Boy. And he's like. Well, I know he's real. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're saying he's not out there. Patch him through. He patches him through, and he's like, listen, I know, you know. And he basically lays out the story kind of a deal, and he says they wanted you to be in the spotlight, um, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Mindstorm kind of told me, like, I would have given you – like, you didn't have to get me out of the way. I, they wouldn't have to get me out of the way. I would have gave you the spotlight because that's what a good dad does for their son. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, unless it's a ruse, but I doubt it. Uh, They're saying that Soldier Boy is his son. And now this whole, like, wandering, like, man-child of Homelander makes me wonder where his mind's going on this. You know what I'm saying? Um, But I really love that ending. Okay. So, I'm with you. I think... Uh, Soldier Boy is, in fact, Homelander's father. Right. Um, where do we go? So that is, so th- this is not, this is something new for the show. This is not something that was from the comic book. Right, because I believe they killed Soldier Boy during Ho- Herogasm, like at Herogasm. Right, that, I don't, that much I don't know. Right. So with that information being what it is, what do you think happens next? Okay, I think they, uh, honestly, I, I would not like to see it because I think I'd like to see it stretched out because we definitely know there's a season four. But I think it comes to blows between Soldier Boy and Homelander and the next, because the next episode is the last one we said, right? Um, Correct. 
I think there's like it, talk and innuendo whether Soldier Boy is going to be in the next season. I think that might all be smokescreen. I think Homelander whacks Soldier Boy next week with having no idea because the comic's so far off kilter now. You know what I mean? What do you think is going to happen? Okay. You dream booking Soldier Boy Homelander. So we have the MacGuffin of the nerve gas, right? Mm -hmm. And I think our heroes, the boys, are going to use the nerve gas on both of them. On both Soldier Boy and Homelander, right? Right. But I think we're going to get either, as you're saying, Soldier Boy's not making it out of the season, okay? Mm -hmm. Homelander is, but I think we're going to get a one last ditch effort from Soldier Boy when he realizes that he can't trust Homelander or whatever it is, and he uses his powers just enough not to completely depower Homelander, but enough that he's not as big as a threat as he was this season. Here's what I think is going to happen. Now that you say that, if that's the way you're booking it, he wholeheartedly 100% depowers Homelander. Like all the way down to nothing. All the way down to nothing, because now we've established that Compound V, the blue stuff, will bring your powers back. So you can have Homelander trying to hide the fact that he's totally normal and trying to get back. It's like trying to get back to the compound V without running into Butcher or Huey or anybody who all it's going to take is a knife to off him. And that's going to be the fun to see him be like, I, cause like the whole episode sets up like, no, you're better than that. You're a normal. I respect you. You're a, a hero, a powered person. You're not one of these weaklings. He's establishing everything. And then, like I said, with the compound V returns your powers, you have an instant switch to, to turn it. And I think that would be so fun to watch. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens is all, you know? We're really passionate about the boys, Joe. That's all I'm going to say. Listen, I, I'm just going to say I wrote a full page of single-spaced, handwritten notes for the episode. And as tell. we're going over everything, I'm checkmarking stuff off. I'm like, okay, we covered this, we covered this, we covered this. And we didn't miss anything. No, we didn't. I I, I almost pulled the Joe and tried to go past a few things, but uh -huh. you brought me back. Right. That's why we make such a good team, Joe. Right. We're the soldier boy and homelander of reviewing the boys. Oh, no. Right. But. All right. Well, we got, like I said, one more episode of The Boys. We got two more episodes of uh, Miss Marvel. And we got uh, Thor 4 this weekend. Yep. Should be a short show next week. <laughs> this time when I say I couldn't find any news, just say, yep, couldn't find any either. Yep. Do you want to add another book, Todd? Nope. No. We'll have two next week. That'll be plenty. That will be. All right, everyone, thank you very much for listening to episode 613 of Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe uh, saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain.
You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network. 